it. Played by Westbrook. Ginobili for three. Yes! One-point lead for San Antonio. Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven-point lead with 33 seconds remaining. Simmers bring it in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo! Oh my goodness. Hello. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Six Man Podcast. I'm being joined by Zane, aka Mega Zane 5 on YouTube and Twitter. Zane, I know you're a massive Memphis Grizzlies fan, so I got to say, yeah. man, it's it's cool to watch them be good again. I miss the Zebo days a lot. So that's a fact. It's crazy, bro. Like, I don't think we know they were gonna be good, but like, I don't think they knew we were gonna be this good, bro. You know, third seed, almost a second seed, which I do think we can still be the second seed. So that's crazy, bro. Yeah, I think coming into the year, I I said they'd be like a fifth seed overall, and I thought yeah. like they'd have to like catch Utah or something, but yeah. Even though Utah's I, really falling off, and dude, bro, to be like to almost climbing to the second seed, I think they can still get the second seed. Desmond Bain is going crazy. Jaron Jackson Jr., no one's talking about him, but like he has those games where he gets like six blocks a game, and then obviously John Morant, y'all know what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, John Morant being the most like nationally known out of those, but like, yeah, you know, Triple J being in the uh, defensive player of the year conversation. Yeah, and of course Desmond Bain, uh, a Desmond kid from Bain. Richmond, Indiana. You know, kids balling He's out. Insane, so you love to see bro. that. Yeah. What it's What odd. I want to know first off is uh, how did you become a fan of the Grizzlies? Honestly, bro, seeing John Morant, and then like you know coming into the league, bro, having that energy. Like he came into the league like he's in his fifth year, bro. Like you know those rookies, some rookies like. They get not shy, but, like, they don't want the ball in the clutch moments. And then some rookies are, like, they'll let the stars do the plays. This man came in, and, like, he was already the star, bro. So that mentality, I was like, nah, I have to dip OKC to be a fan of this team, bro. It's uh absolutely weird to me how, like, this team has taken a bunch of, like, role players on other teams and, like, yeah. completely flipped their script. I look at, like, you know – yeah. John Moran being the second player taken in that draft. Everybody knew he was the second best guy, but now yeah. it looks like a Kevin Durant, Greg Oden situation. Everybody was super low on Jaron Jackson Jr. He slips to Memphis, and now he's, you know, this like 17 and 10 guy who can block six shots a game. Dude, Kyle dude, Anderson is the, about enough. Not get talked <laughs> Kyle about Anderson's the slowest player in the NBA. But can, <laughs> Finish the ball better than just about anybody. It, Underrated at that so, too, bro. It's so weird to me. And then, of course, you still have players like Dylan Brooks who signs his contract that declines towards the end of it. So he's getting cheaper as he's getting better. Yeah. And then you kind of get this diamond in the rough in Zaire Williams who had a weird start to his career where he was like the 12th guy. And now he's kind of yeah. played his way into the rotation. And he looks like uh, kind of what – 
I dream the Pacers would have gotten with Duarte. Yeah. Um, what do you think the ceiling is for this Memphis team this year? Is it championship or bust, or do you think they're still a year away? I think, I think they have the pieces to win it now, but obviously, like, with uh, the young core, obviously if you run into teams with experience like the Warriors, even the Suns, you can put them up there. I think they could get past them, but I think it will be challenging. Because, like, they're talented, bro. Like, we have, like, so many young guys. I think we had, like – I wish they had a stat where we could see how many games a night they scored – at least seven players scored 10-plus a game, bro. Because we had, like, so many games where, like, seven players scored 10-plus a game. It's the ceiling for right now. I think – I actually think we can get to the finals, bro. It's the thing – same thing with the Cavs. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they do get to the finals because they're that good. But, like, I know we can probably get to the finals. So, ceiling for me, I think, either finals or Western Conference finals. They're that good. I, I would I, – I think it would be, like, the ultimate dream to have a Cavs and Grizzlies finals. I'll be – oh, my God. I would love that, bro. I would – forget Lakers and like, Nets, bro. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, over the, I'm over the Lakers. I'm over the Nets. I want these teams, <laughs> small markets, to, to yes, get sir. there, man. And, you know, with me, that, I think the bro. big thing – the big thing I find so interesting is how, like, the Grizzlies for years have just been like the salary dump destination where yeah. they get rid of players like Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, and Marcus Saul. And that's where players or teams send their bad salaries. You know, that's kind of what Steven Adams was looked at, you know, coming yeah. into the season. And man, Steven Adams just kind of walking around carrying players off the court when they get mad, Dude looking is. like he's the, the dad of the team. It's <laughs> so funny to me. Um, what do you think, like, the big difference between the way Valanchunas played, where he, you know, pretty much, you know, the offense didn't run through him like Sabonis did in Indy, but, you know, he was a 20 and 10 kind of guy. Yeah. And, like, with Steven Adams, it's just like, he's like a 0 and 10 kind of guy. He doesn't shoot the ball, like, but he goes yeah. out and he just plays hard on defense and uh, gets you good rebounds. Like I feel like to, like, call, like, to watch, you have to watch Steven Adams play to notice how good of a player he is. Like, if you're watching the games, the pick and rolls, he's so strong, bro. Like, when you send him the pick and he rolls the easy buckets, he also a great passer, bro. Great IQ. He's a guy that, like, he's like a pass-to-assist type of guy. Like, he'll find the first guy, and that second guy will find the other guys to score. And then something I love about him, Zion said it, he's, bro, he's so strong, bro. Like, he's insanely strong. He picked up, like, a 200-pound guy and, like, just carried him, bro. Like, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's a ta- he's talented. Yeah, I, w- I wonder, like, if how much that change has, like, improved this team. Because, like I said, he's literally, like, the team dad, it seems. Like, you got to like, keep yeah. players out of trouble. He's, like, you know, he's the oldest player on the team, I believe, by just, like, a couple of months. He's 28. And, you know, for a, Only team, a team, for a team to have the oldest player be 28 years old, it's quite impressive. And one of the things, yeah, it'd be that good. And one of the other things that I think Memphis does that's so underrated is their coaching staff. I yes, think people, bro. yes, people hated Memphis's coaching decision, and uh, yes, you know, I, I've always been like, you know, these unproven coaches can be pretty dangerous. Um, but for me, when Memphis announced their coaching decision, I said, you know, Taylor Jenkins, I really like the guy. Like, I, I'm intrigued. Um, yes, bro. I, I really wonder, you know, how much Memphis's trajectory would be different if he's not their head coach. Uh, Obviously, yeah. he was an assistant in Milwaukee, but 
you know, a lead assistant in Milwaukee, but no one really knew who he was going to be. But yeah. even he, for an NBA head coach, was pretty young. You know, he's only uh, 38 years old. Or he, he will be 38 this year. Um, and, like, it's just crazy to me that he has flipped the switch. And, of course, John Morant taking this, you know, leap yeah. from top 50 player to top 10 player is insane. Wow. But bro. you're throwing in – you're throwing this guy in, you're taking Desmond Bain from, you know, pretty much, you know, just a glorified role player to now he's winning the rising stars challenge for his team. And, yeah. you know, they win the clutch challenge with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. For me, I think the next step for Memphis is determining what they do in the draft. Um, they are somehow going to have three first round picks this year. <clears throat> because they made these trades that people were like, what are they doing? Why are they getting rid of all these things? <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now you're looking at like probably pick nine or 10 because the Lakers, you know, are struggling. You're yeah, looking at pick that. like 24 from Utah and then like 28, 26, somewhere like that from Memphis. Do you think they do anything like take those picks and maybe go get like a finishing player, like a miles Turner, um, or do you think that they maybe take those picks, trade them to like an Orlando team who might be picking, you know, six or seven and trade up and go get uh, Shaden Sharp from Kentucky, you know, kind of that mystery box in the draft where if it hits, you know, you have this generationally talented player yeah. that's right next to John Rand on a rookie scale contract. It's, it's or, tough, bro. Or what? Or are you going out and getting, you know, a, a, a – really good starter you know like I said I, I've yeah. always wondered how Miles Turner would work next to John Morant I think that that fit is like that really crazy. interesting but yeah. uh this podcast is sponsored in part by Fanatics Fanatics offers the broadest assortment of fan merchandise and memorabilia worldwide from all your favorite leagues and sports not just the NBA and NCAA like we talk about here but also the NFL and I'm in the market for some new Packers gear myself, and with Fanatic Selection, I can choose for between jerseys, t-shirts, and sweatshirts, even face masks, tailgating equipment, and stuff for my pets. And I'm leaning towards getting a nice sweatshirt myself. You can also shop MLB, NHL, NASCAR, and all your favorite soccer leagues around the globe. Order now and get free U.S. shipping on any and all orders over $29 using code 29SHIP. Again. That's 2-9-S-H-I-P-29-SHIP. And now, back to the podcast. What are your thoughts on what Memphis needs to do, you know, whether it's the draft or this offseason? Obviously, we still got 20 games left, and hopefully yeah. we see him raise a banner. But uh, First, bro, Taylor Jenkins, is he's, he's special, bro. We saw what he did without John Morant. What was their record without John Morant at the time? They were 13 and one, if I'm not mistaken. That goes to impressive. show, like, there's some coaches where, like, you put them in with a whole bunch of talent and they do well because of the coaching, but mainly because the players are doing well. But you're putting in with a team where, like, they have one superstar and a team effort. That's special, bro. And then for the for their picks, ah, it's tough. I think what I would do, I would probably trade up for a player because Memphis is literally like one, one, not even a star, one like great starter away from like being serious contenders bro and you're in if i'm memphis you're in the win now situation bro you've shown that you're good enough already right you're already the third seed almost a second seed you're like you're already that good 
you don't need to like go draft. I think you have to. I think we're done developing, bro. We have so many young stars developing already. I think we just need one like starter that's great in the league that can put up at least like 15, 20 a game. And then, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you still have Ja, who's on his rookie scale deal until 2023. So he's still cheap for another year, year and a half. Yeah. Um, then Jarrett Culver comes off your books next year because uh, he's his uh, option was declined. You know, you have an interesting decision with Tyus Jones. You know, if you want to pick pick up his, uh, you know, re-sign him next year, I would be intrigued if they did. I don't yeah, love that fit. But, you know, because I, I think Tyus Jones is probably the most easily replaceable, you know, role player on this team. Yeah. Um, but then there's Kyle Anderson. Um, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent. 28, probably going to be 29 at this time next year. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see – if they re-sign him or if they let him walk. I think he's one of their, like, key core guys, but also, also again, one of those players you can replace with someone else. Um, a name that I keep thinking makes a lot of sense, especially since he's an unproven free agent this offseason, would be, like, T.J. Warren. Yeah. A player who can defend one through four, who can go get you 20 points a game, but because of his – you know, injury issue this year probably isn't going to play a lot for the Pacers. They're not in the mood to resign him because he doesn't fit their youth pipeline. Yeah. That that's the kind of guy that Memphis can take a six million, eight million dollar swing on. And if it hits, you have a 20, 20 point score on your bench. Whereas, yeah. you know, then you then you've accelerated again. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the other big thing is they can just take a massive step forward with their young talent. You know, Zaire Williams could be the next, you know, 20 and 60. He's special, bro. Yeah, you could have uh, Desmond Bain just become another 25, you know, 25-point-a-game guy, you know. And uh, and the best part with Memphis, of course, is their defense, too, is everybody's – Oh, my God. Their defense is So athletic and long. So is there any, like, free agents, you know, whether it's budget free agents or any trades you think Memphis should, like, players you think Memphis should be going after? You know, like, Phoenix, I think, was in this position going into the bubble where they won eight in a row. They didn't make the playoffs, obviously. Next Mm -hmm. season, they go get Chris Paul. They make the finals, right? I think that's what Memphis really needs to be looking at. While they've accelerated their timeline quite a bit, because, again, I don't think anybody thought Memphis was going to be – potentially second in the West. Yeah. They've accelerated their timeline. Who's their Chris Paul going to be? Um, honestly, I think they can get there with just one superstar. Like I said, they need like one, like solid starter. I think Pacers are a team where like, they're not good, but they have like some great guys where you can steal from them and like make a great team. I think getting someone like miles Turner, like you said, either it has something to do with something a, a trade with like the draft picks or either Kyle Anderson. I love Kyle Anderson, bro. I love him, but I think he probably I would probably trade him Jones also because they're great. They're good players. Don't get me wrong, but like I wouldn't like I wouldn't mind if they go for someone like Miles Turner or like T.J. Warren. And we seen what T.J. Warren can do in the bubble, but like obviously I don't think he's gonna be able to do that now because of the fit. But I would try to go to get someone like T.J. Warren, Miles Turner. I think, like, they will give me, like, at least – Miles Turner, great on defense, great on offense. And then TJ Warren, we all see what he can do. I think I'll try to get those two guys for sure. Yeah, and then, of course, I think the 
maybe the most underrated thing that Memphis has done is, of course, still having assets to build in the future if this somehow doesn't work out. You know, one of the things that there's a guy on Jazz, Utah Jazz Reddit, who uh, Mm -hmm. subreddit, he he says he's worried that Donovan Mitchell would go to the Grizzlies to play (laughs) next to John Morant. And I said, that's an interesting concept. How would that work? And I said, and I was looking at it, I was like, you know, cap-wise, Memphis has uh, like $30 million in cap space, I think, going into next offseason. If they don't re-sign anybody, they can send out like Stephen Adams and three first-round picks and bring back Donovan Mitchell, which is absurd to think about. But is, yeah, if, if Donovan Mitchell, you know, wants to play close to Louisville, which – you know, that's where he's from. It's where he played college ball. Memphis is pretty close, man. And it would be really interesting to see I love that. him and uh, John Moran running around together. Because uh, I don't, I, you know, I, again, like you said, they're one starter away. But if they could go get, you know, another top 15 player, that's, that's mm-hmm. it. Lights out. Good luck, Western Conference. I'm thinking um, of. That got me thinking of like Donovan Mitchell, John Rant plus Desmond Bain, bro. Just those three alone, how that'd be scary. That would yeah, be, scary. be awesome. It, it would be so awesome to watch too. The the Pacers, I think, should be looking to do that kind of like three headed monster with guards this year. You know, they got uh, Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings. Somehow, I don't I don't understand. Don't know that trade at all. I I don't get it uh, on on the Kings end, but hey, I, we're we're the beneficiaries of that. Yeah, they, they should really be looking at like Halliburton, Duarte, and then I really like this John Morant 2.0 and Jaden Ivey from Purdue, man. He's, you know, Indiana kid. I would love to see him in the blue and gold, but we'll see, you know, they got to get the ping pong balls to fall in the right spots for them. So, yeah. My last question for you mm-hmm. is let's say Memphis can't get it done this year. Yeah. When do you think? You would predict Memphis to win a title. Um, it all depends on what happens in free agency after this season. I think if they can go out and get some pieces, which I know probably they will. I think maybe the year after, bro. I think because think of it like this: they're already this close, right? No one expected it. Obviously, if they see how good they are this year, they're gonna try. And even if they're not gonna try, John Moran's gonna try to get some more pieces in the free agency to try to do something even the year before or after, bro. So I think. If not this year, next year for sure. I, I, I like their timeline. And, you know, I, I look at this season, you know, I would say it's really going to be really hard for them to match up great with Phoenix. Yeah. But, you know, there's talk. DeAndre is not coming back to Phoenix next year. And if yeah. you know, he walks, he goes somewhere else. Now it starts getting interesting of like where where the dominoes are gonna fall because you know there's still talk LeBron might get traded from the Lakers this off season. Yeah, obviously the Clippers will be back to full health with their new three headed monster of Kawhi, That's- PG, and you know um, Covington and the deal they made with Portland. But I think Memphis would suddenly rocket to the top of well everybody's under the age of thirty. And they've already got the experience now with, the, you know, this crazy season this year. They're, um, they're going insane. Something and, I love and, about you know, them, real quick, something I love about them is, like, they're not afraid of anyone, bro. Like, they're not afraid of anyone. They'll go against Golden State, a team that's, like, titled to win it all. 
and it was like going there and just like do everything, bro. You have John Morant staring down people in Warriors jerseys. Their energy is amazing. Yeah, I I am so excited. I am so excited about the future of this team. And to pivot into more exciting futures, let's talk about your YouTube channel and growth a little bit here. So I started uh, following you, uh, gosh, probably around Christmas and, uh, you were doing some like crazy 2K stuff and yeah. started watching your videos. And uh, one of the things I, that sticks out about me is like how you're building this like culture, both on Twitter and on YouTube. You want to go ahead and talk a little bit about like what you do, try to keep it real with everyone, things like that. Um, Honestly, bro, it's just trying to be different. I feel like there's like ways you can easily get to the top or like try to get to the top like everyone else. But if you're trying to be different, I feel like that's the best way. And honestly, secondly, just communicating with people, bro. I don't do it because it helps me. I just do it because like it's so much better. And it's like way better to communicate with people instead of like having people that you're liking it, but you don't really know anything about them. And like building a bond, like community, it's like the it's so amazing, bro. Do you have any uh, big projects coming up? Any like series you're gonna start throwing together? I know you've been. I love your series where you're like, give me three random NBA players, you know? <laughs> and then I'll, I'll come in with some like three like G leaguers, and you're like, really? Why are you doing this to me? Stuff Bro. like that. I have um, WWE is coming out soon, so I have some good stuff for that. And it's like, even if like if you don't even watch WWE, it still be entertaining because I got some fun stuff for that. And then for 2K alone, NBA, I have some I have some fun ideas coming up soon that I've been planning. So yeah. Yeah, if you have not watched these videos, go to YouTube.com, look up Megazane5. Uh, you can check that out there. Get all of his 2K content. Follow him on Twitter. One of the best follows. He always asks, you know, he always posts, like, weird scores going on around the league. He's like, damn, the Lakers <laughs> are down 50. What's going on in L.A.? You know, things like that. Um, so give him a follow there. Check out his work. And uh, wherever you're listening, thanks for checking out the Six Man Podcast. Be on the lookout for other exclusive interviews and uh, probably another episode with Cam and I breaking down his latest bracketology coming up later this week.